Well, well, well. Hello there. Episode 33 of the PhotoFacts Podcast. Hi. Welcome, Jim and James. Hey, guys. How's it going? James right. Pratt is here with us today. So glad that you you were able to come because uh, you know you're you're a big name in this town. Oh, really? actually, no, you're yeah, a busy guy. Busy. We're, we're busy. happy to have you for 2014 for the first interview. Well, thanks for having me. All right, well, we appreciate your time. So let's just dive right into it. No news, no nothing. Do you want to put any like little cart music in here or anything? Like I, don't, I don't know, I will. Oh, you will. I okay. Will. I, I uh, just to let the all listeners right. know, we're all <laughs> we tried to do this a different way and it didn't work out very well. So now we're going back to the iPad and a single microphone. And Jim is in control of the audio. Jane and I cannot hear what is being recorded. That's okay. Right. And it's so okay. if I put in some drums or whatever. It's yeah, it would be great. Audience, people clapping for us. Yeah, yeah, people clapping. Yeah. yeah. I've not been there done that already. <laughs> great. All right, All right. Well, James, thank you so much for coming out. So let's talk about you. How okay. did you get started? All right. Well, uh, I got started in photography. I went to the 96 Olympics. I had these awesome tickets right up front with a package I won for some work I did and uh, I sat front row for for boxing and for gym, women's gymnastics right up front so I bought me a Minolta 7000 wow that's that a great camera, camera. yeah autofocus and had me a I think it was a 200 millimeter 8200 minute lens something like that I can't remember at the time it's been a long time ago and uh, I took all these photos and then when I got home I was so excited because I took all this film and they all turned out like crap really and that's when I figured out it's not necessarily the gear it's the person that's some stuff in your head that makes a good photo <laughs> <laughs> so, okay so, there you go it's not the gear it's what's in your head that's right <laughs> we're going to put that down I'll put yeah. that as a note <laughs> and so uh, so I, that kind of got me fired up to get better at it and so I came back and started really working at it and getting better and uh Taking a lot of photos, I figured out you take a lot of photos. You know, the more you take, the better you get. And so, shooting film back then, and I was shooting so much film, it was really expensive. And I decided to start processing my own film. So right, I got, right. got me a Jobo processor and started uh, processing all my own stuff. And then I got into some medium format. I got a RZ67. It's a really nice camera. And I had a really nice RZ that I started working with and then uh, I didn't really know much about lighting back then I was kind of and you know learning lighting while you're doing film is really hard Cause, yeah cause you, you don't, don't have any preview yeah, yeah. You, have no, you don't know for three days what how it turned out that's true that's <laughs> right yeah and so uh, and that's I think that's one thing that's really made easier to learn photography right. is is uh, digital right so it can, really inspired me when I yeah. went digital it was, yeah I think yeah. the I think the digital overall having an instant feedback yeah let you experiment more. Right. Plus, you don't have any cost. It wasn't. It's not a dollar a pop right. like we did when we shot film. Right. right. And so then I also went on. and got into four by five view cameras. I really like those. I had some old cheapo cambos back then, but I like that. Uh, eventually, I got into a really nice Toyo view camera. Oh, those are beautiful. And I got uh, so I started, but I was always in the computer business, and I started digital with the. I got the probably one of the very first Nikon D1s in Oklahoma. Wow. So I got, had it pre-ordered. Uh, I think it was one of the probably. Number one or number two in the state, we've got the the D one. You don't still have it, do you? No, no. no. <laughs> I, I thought it'd be kind of cool to take a picture of that. That'd be right, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, then I got, I've had all the Nikon D cameras. I switched to Nikon, but after like I talked about this earlier, I had right, an older. Right. But after about six months, I figured out I really need a system camera mm-hmm. that I could carry with me for a long time. Yeah. It had a whole lot of equipment, and so it's either Canon or Nikon. I went Nikon, and I've been pleased with that choice ever since. 
Right, yeah, and he's talking about like the system, what all the accessories flashes, are available, yeah, flashes, right. lenses, third party equipment, right? Yeah, and uh, you know, even though we're all Nikon guys, we're not going to you know bash yeah. the Canon Canon's guys. Good. Yeah. Canon's got a great great system as well. Yeah. I just think it was developed differently. Yeah, where Nikon's been a photojournalist editorial right. type camera system, they never change the lens mount. Right. So I still have some older right. lenses that work on my new yeah. Nikon's. And I think whoever designed the Canon user interface was smoking crack or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, everything I've, is backwards <laughs> compared had, to every camera. I've had a I've had a Canon 5D Mark II when I was trying to do video before Nikon had uh-huh. decent video, and I never could get around it. I mean, I shot a lot with it, but I didn't really care for it that much. And, yeah, it, it does know. have some. Or the good can they take good pictures, but they're just different. Right. right yeah. It, you have to. It's like a four door Chevy. You right. have to get used to how you want to open the door or turn the yeah, key. Yeah. So it has some different stuff. But anyway, so, so I went. I did a lot of that. Got into the digital. I eventually decided well, I'm not going to shoot any more film. Man, digital's too cool. Sold all my film gear, and I wish I could shoot myself for that. The only thing I kept, the only one is my favorite. Was my favorite all time camera is my Nikon FM. 3A. That's a beautiful camera. Oh, I did keep my F5. I still got my F5. Right. My FM3A. And, uh, and, I, and so I've had that for a long time. And then uh, I got back into film a couple of years ago. I still uh-huh. had my view cameras for years. And I kept trying to figure out how to shoot digital and view cameras, but that's just not really practical for what we do around here. And so I uh, got back into film, doing my own developing, and I started buying some old cameras. Uh-huh. And I bought me a Pentax 67. That's, really a, that's a gorgeous oh, camera. Right. That's beautiful. First time I looked through the lens on that, I was going, oh, my gosh, that is an incredible camera. What? A, where, why have I not known about this? For all, this is way better than RZ67. Just well, I like handle, the, the handle like your Nikon's. Exactly. Yeah, it's still it's like a digital SLR, or it's like an SLR. SLR with a great big with a great big, big viewfinder yeah. on it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Yeah, you can see through them really nice. I, I like the. Um, it was the RZs that had the rotating backs, right? Yeah, was yeah, I did it? Like yeah. That. yeah that was nice. the one thing I That's liked nice. is when you shot in the studio portraits, yeah. you could just flip the back without having yeah. to rotate the camera. Right. Hmm. That was a huge. But shooting view. that thing handheld, man, you had to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> no, no, that thing. Yeah, that was a <laughs> studio no camera shit. only on yeah. tripod yeah, or a dolly. Was, yeah, that's heavy. That thing was awesome. Okay, so. Do you, so you're still shooting some film? I, yeah, I am. I'm back into shooting film a little bit, mostly for myself, almost all for myself. I shoot mostly black and white, developing my sync, and uh, but I still, you know, I shoot ninety five percent digital, five percent film. The film's for me, uh-huh. and uh, but I, you know, I shoot I don't know lots and lots of pictures still today, but I, I shoot just tons of pictures, but most of them are digital. But I still shoot film, film for yourself, for myself, for the fun of it. We're talking about that now. What kind of photography do you do specifically? I think it's editorial and commercial. Yeah, I do editorial and commercial, and I've really got into a lot of editorial lately, and uh, I really enjoy that. That's telling stories. And and what really changed, I had a major change a few, uh, three years ago, uh-huh. whenever, or no, it's, I'm sorry, it was, uh, yeah, I think it was three years ago, I went to New York City, and my work had been, you know, I, did, I do a lot in the motorcycle industry, I used to, uh, and a lot of uh, portraits and things like that. But and you had your own magazine. Had my own magazine, right? I published a motor uh, ride Oklahoma, right? Then I published, and it was statewide. It was pretty successful. Yeah, I actually I picked up a couple of those magazines. Yeah, I liked them. Yeah, we sold quite a few of those, but it was got tough to make a living doing it. Tough to make money in that business, and you know, with employees and all that stuff. 
And then I started an actual international magazine called Adventure Rider Magazine. And we published story, really cool stories about riding motorcycles all over the world. Man, that's awesome. And that was really, that was very interesting. And of course, you had to go take the photography, right? No, no. We, I mean, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't afford to do that. We had people <laughs> submitting, but it was people submitting from all over the world. And one guy rode his, his uh, Honda 110 moped from Sydney, oh. Australia to London, England over eight months. He was a great photographer. He camped out, rode just rode his Honda moped, and across Indian Pakistan, and that's yeah, why it took him eight months. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. They're really cool stories. So those are real inspiring. Now you, I think the magazine is still online version, right? Yeah. right? So yeah. it's rideok.com. Rideok.com and Adventure Rider Magazine. Just Google it. Yeah. And so then you can still get that one right. too. Right. That's awesome. So that gave you some experience probably shooting editorial. Yeah. I just learned, well, I learned what was needed because I would get these stories in from, from people. And for example, I would get a, somebody would want to do a story for me and they shoot every damn picture they would have would be a motorcycle on a dirt road. I'm going, I don't need 37 pictures of a damn motorcycle on a dirt road. I need, you know, I need a, a story. Ride and a story behind it, right. And so that kind of taught me that, hey, you need to tell a story, not just a bunch of cool, you know, they don't all need to be hero pics. Right. You know, they you need some variety and right. detail of the story. Hmm. And is that what led you to go to New York and talk to yep. these editors? That, because I, I really enjoyed shooting for magazines. I started, and I was trying to get into some, and I was having a hard time getting into them. I'd show my portfolio and wouldn't, wasn't making great progress. Mm-hmm. So I made up a really nice portfolio. I went to New York for a portfolio review. And I, and you get to pick your editors who you want to talk to. You can go for, you know, it's kind of expensive, but you can go to, uh, you know, fine art or you can go to right things like that. And I wanted to go to the magazines. And I met with uh, National Geographic. I met with uh, Time Magazine. I met with uh, Sports Illustrated. A uh, bunch of those real, I mean, they're the editors. And what I found out is those people don't pull any punches. Really? They don't cut you no slack. Because <laughs> they see thousands of awesome pictures every single day. And so they're nice, but they don't cut you any slack. And so you better be, and, and so when I showed them my work, they uh, they liked my work, but they would always flip through it. And I had this one really kind of cool story. I rode motorcycles from Canada to Mexico with the president of BMW Motorcycles off-road dirt, dirt bikes from Canada to Mexico along the Continental Divide Trail. Wow. And, every, and it was, it's about a week-long trip. We rode just dirt bikes, you know, and spent camped out every night. And I had a, three or four pictures of the, or I had a couple pictures of that in my portfolio. Uh-huh. It seemed like every time they'd flip through, they'd stop and they'd go, tell me about this. Hmm. And so the, the next day I went for further portfolio review. I pulled, I put together a story of that trip. I pulled some other photos, a bunch of other photos. And made into a portfolio. Made, into, made a portfolio of that story. Hmm. And that really hit people off. They're going, that's a cool story. Hmm. And so that, that's what the editors kept telling me. He says, you need to you know, tell stories with your camera. Tell stories. That's what they pounded in my head. Mm. And when I came back, that changed everything I did is you know, tell stories with your camera. And then that means don't, don't necessarily, like you said earlier, don't necessarily take your best shot mm-hmm. and try to make it this great, outstanding shot. Just take some pictures and, and they, have you, it you want to have your you want you know, What I've learned is you want to have your hero shot, what I call hero shots, mm-hmm. the, you know, the right. really knockout shots. You have some of those, but you need to have a story that, that for the for your editors, so they can see that you can tell a story because they don't want five hero shots. You know, they need so variety. so. Give us some more specifics on what those images would be, rather than your your. Well, well, for great. example, on the advent, on the on the Continental Divide ride, we had these really it's very scenic. We're up in the Rocky Mountains. You know, it's it's a beautiful sunrises and sunsets. So to have guys riding bikes through the, you know, or, or stopping to 
you know, riding a bike through a stream or through a beautiful sunset. Well, they'd see a couple of those and they'd say, yeah, those are just beautiful shots. But they say, well, show me more detail. And the more detail, they want to see the camping, the people sitting around a fire, uh, people sitting pitching a tent. Um, you know, maybe the, work on a motorcycle because yeah, something yeah, fix, broke. Ch- yeah, fix things like that. that. Yeah. yeah, things like that. Just yeah. to write the whole story because they're trying to tell a story in words, and they need right. the supporting right. graphics right. in your head. Right, right, right. Where a lot of times, as a portrait photographer, we're looking for ten yeah. images to show them that are all hero shots. Right, sure. We're not going to take a picture of their hand in a portrait. Right. Sure, right. Where you're as a as a as editorial, the editorial. journalist at editorial, you're trying to tell the story yeah. that matches those words. And since I, I came back and I redid my website, I redid mm-hmm. all my portfolios. Now, when I instead of taking a portfolio to an editor, I have a bunch of uh, smaller portfolio. I make them out of a MagCloud, and they're like a magazine. They're like a magazine. It's about thirty pages, and they're a story. Right, a story right. in one. It's like a magazine. So I'll show a customer. You know, here's a story on this. Here's a, like I did a, a duck hunting last year. Mm-hmm. We did a story on duck hunting. It says all about duck hunting, about them working in the blind, setting up deals, the dog going. You know, I got the hero shots of the dog splashing through the water or the, or the really nice shot of the dog looking out across the the pond and, yeah. and things like that. But then we have people mixing up breakfast and people, you know, some guy biting the head off a duck. And, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, I got you know, just interesting things about the story. You know? I know you had Ozzy with you on that. <laughs> yeah, that was a bat. That was a oh, bat. it was a bat. Well, yeah, bat, yeah. duck. They both got yeah. wings on them. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and you know that. So another uh, story I did was on um, on a, the one that ran in Oklahoma today recently. Uh-huh. It was, it was about the uh, um, cowboy ranches, cowboy horseback riding, and uh, three. Of the, we covered three Oklahoma ranches across the state. So it's all with three ranches and spent several days, and they 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 were kind of dude ranches, but they mm-hmm. were more right. of a working cowboy ranches where people foreigners would come in and learn how to ride, and they'd mm-hmm. actually rope cattle and brand them and all that stuff. Get yeah, experience, so, yeah, experience uh-huh. doing pay that. to work. Right, right, exactly. You're right, <laughs> exactly. And so I would spend three days there at each one, and uh, and so I just my photos range from. You, know, you get the hero shots of the people, you know, on horseback or riding out across the pasture or getting out, you know, unloading the horses at sunset mm-hmm. to the branding to the, you know, a pile of cow testicles <laughs> to, you know, the big, you know, put the brand marks on the cows and the, you know, the guys with dust covered faces and just mm-hmm. the whole. I think I saw a couple of those on your portfolio because you're yeah. using Photo Shelter, I think. Yeah. For your for my for website. Online. Right, right. And that's something we need to put on the, fo- the, on the notes as well. So, oh yeah, I'm taking the notes. I'm yes. sorry. <laughs> so that's ever since I started really focusing on stories, my work has just skyrocketed. It's really changed everything I've done, and my work. You know, and now I'm almost full time. I am full time doing it. Now you're Maybe. talking full time doing editorial, Ed- editorial like writing stories and taking. I don't pictures necessarily. For them. I do write some stories, but that's not. I, I probably write twenty percent of the stories I photograph. Okay, so you're taking all these pictures of experiences you're having and you're making them into a story. No, no, I get assignments. So you I get, get assignments. assignments. I get okay. assignments. Yeah, I get a lot, a lot of assignments. I, the way I work is I get assignments sometimes with, with new clients. I usually have to pitch them a story. Mm-hmm. So I'll okay. figure up a story. I'll work with several writers. Mm-hmm. So I get some friends that are writers, and and uh, I will, me and them will get together and we'll pitch a story. We'll come up with a story idea and pitch it to them, show them some work. Sometimes we'll even do the story on spec. And then pitch them just the whole completed story. They love that. Mm. 
Oh, I bet. Yeah, that, that, a lot of them love that because it's already done for them. Yeah. But and they don't have any risk. But if it's an if it's an existing client that I've done work for in the past, they'll actually give me assignments because they know what I can do. They know my background. Right. They know they know what your strengths right. are, for right. lack of a better word. Right. And so I get assignments from you know Oklahoma Today and from Oklahoma Living, people like that. Hmm. But then for other magazines, I will still pitch stories. And you know, if I worked for them before, I'll pitch an idea. I do a lot of pitching. <laughs> and then, uh, how's your you right arm, left yeah. arm? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but that that works pretty good. And so, yeah, I've been staying real busy with that. And then that kind of dovetails those. What what I've discovered is those editorial assignments open up the doors to uh, commercial work because you're doing a lot of and you're visible. Yeah, you're visible. You're talking to those people. You mm-hmm. you know, as long as your editor doesn't mind, you ask them. You know, they people say, hey, can you come and photograph this and. And uh, so I get a lot of my commercial work's really starting to take off now too because of the editorial work. That's all because you're getting published in magazines. People are seeing it. You're becoming more of a household name. They're like, "Oh, I love this guy's work." Not so much that. It's more that I'm out. I get a little bit of that, but more of it is I'm out. I get an editorial assignment to go photograph uh, a grocery store in Western Oklahoma. Right. So I go out and photograph this whole thing, and I do the whole the whole thing around. And then they say, "Well, can you do these pictures for us? Can you do this? Can you do because that?" Because you're there, they're right. like, "How? We have, there's a photographer here." Well, they'll 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 I'll usually go back out and do it. But, right, you know, because it'll be a different, different assignment. Right, a different assignment. Right. I did a I photographed a power plant down in a big power plant down in Anadarko, and I, and uh, I talked to actually kind of pitched myself. I photographed the power plant. And I asked the power plant people, said, "Hey, can we do?" these photos like this like this and they go oh man I never thought of that <laughs> so I'm supposed to go back down there and do something down there wow so that's awesome yeah. so if someone's just starting out and you know we have a lot of young people entering the photography world and they're like oh you know I want to do editorial and commercial work what kind of advice can you give them to kind of get on the right foot and not stumble too much I guess number one is don't give your damn work away oh let's write that baby down yeah. don't give because your work is valuable I guarantee you don't I've, give it away. Yeah, there's way too many people are all about getting published. And I cut people slack the first time because it's always cool you know, to get published. Uh-huh. It's a, they they want to get published and, you know, it's all kind of cool and everything. But and I'll cut you one and one, but not two because, <laughs> you know, you get published once after that. You know, getting published is easy. Getting paid to be published is a lot harder. And that's where you need to be because if you look at the ad rates these magazines make on selling Ads. I mean, it's very common for a regional magazine, Oklahoma, Oklahoma in Oklahoma magazine, right, to get right. seven thousand dollars a page for advertising, and you're giving them your photos. You're crazy. <laughs> I mean, if you're good and you do good work, well, then they they there's magazines out there that'll appreciate that good work. Now, a lot of times I'll try to get them for free, but if you do good work, you just negotiate the price. And I had a gentleman in the Oklahoma Camera Club call me the other day, and you know he's going to give somebody a they wanted. They found him on Flickr, and he wanted to do a photo, and he was going to give it to him. Mm-hmm. I said, "Don't do that, man. Charge him for it." And I told him how much to charge him. It was three hundred fifty bucks, and he was like, "Oh, that's too much money." I go, "No, not." I go, "You know how much they? I guarantee you how much money they make on that ad in that thing is way more than what you're. They're trying paying you for a photo, right? But they're going to try that. Yeah, they're going to try it. I think it's because so many digital photography right. has opened up the. Everything's out there in a public space, and just because it's out yeah. there doesn't mean it's available for you to use yeah. without paying pay, royalties. Pay it. It's the same thing as music. People go yeah. out, you know, they've actually found out they pulled music away. They've pulled music out of libraries. Oh, yeah. 
because you know at one time I remember going in and getting an album you could check out oh, albums really? at yeah. you know at a library or CDs oh really or an eight track take it home listen to it you know it's just like a book and then you yeah. take it back and they've because of the whole digital revolution they've taken that stuff out because people will take them home and copy them yeah and then the artists never get right. you know any additional royalties from yeah. disc sales well I think I think people most photographers undervalue their work and it's really pretty your work is pretty valuable if you're decent even if you're not you don't have to be great just be decent I mean your good work sells magazines you know mm-hmm. sells stories and so if you're decent you need to be charging for it if not you know finding somebody that will there's people out there who will pay for good work mm-hmm. those are people you want to deal with and there's I do not like magazine editors that try to take advantage of photographers and there's plenty of them out there that don't there's some that do and so yeah focus on those okay so one of those things is you know I guess there's going to be a portfolio building because that's what yes. everybody talks about mm-hmm. you're trying to build your portfolio up you want to get published so you hope that those publishing lead to something else yeah. but don't give it away for free don't give it away for free I what's mean, a good resource you can give away one for free okay <laughs> you can give away the first one for free there you go <laughs> so choose that first one wisely <laughs> there you go. so what what about on the pricing I know that there's uh, a couple places I've used before what yeah. do you recommend to figure out pricing well, well, part of my photo shelter subscription ha- is it gets on photo. I get pricing from photo quote. Huh. So I use photo quote for, uh, to get a ballpark pricing. There's also a really good blog out called a wonderful, wonderful machine blog. And they talk about pricing all the time. And that's a really good, um, actually, I think I started following those after I heard you speak last year up yeah. in Edmond. Yeah, those are great blogs to follow because they talk about pricing a lot. And but really he's actually the wonderful machine. He's an editor, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he talks about... And yeah, they have a lot of right. photographers that, work, that do work through them. They'll, they actually, they'll help you price your photography. They'll take a cut of it. Like if you get a national ad campaign or something, they'll mm-hmm. take a cut of it and they'll help bid it. Also, another thing I do with my pricing, editorial is different than commercial. Right, the price, you know, pricing editorial, you don't get paid near as much as you do commercial work, and uh, it's more of a. I mean, I think you ought to get paid. I do get paid, but you, you know, uh, it's usually lower end to pay. The, the better pay is the commercial work, and when I bid commercial jobs, you know, I usually break my pricing into three different areas. It's it's the creative fee of going out doing the work. There's mm-hmm. an image licensing fee, right, for what they use for the, and that's all based on usage how they're going to use that image. And then there's the, your expenses, all your expenses of your know, travel and time and equipment rental and all that kind of stuff. And so that's how I use it. And I am more than happy to give anybody copies of my spreadsheets. I do that all the time. People ask you, me. You've given them to me. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, you know, how do you price your photos? I give you spreadsheets. I, use I think you're right. I think we had this conversation when Jim had uh, something come up and I was like, Dude, I'm not the expert in that. You need to call James Brown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah and, that, and that has really helped a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely get paid for your work right. when you're getting published. I think everybody, I mean, I'm the same way. Don't get me wrong. I get a you know something in a magazine or something on Facebook or someone blogs a, something. I'm like, oh, look at me, yeah. look at me. So, And I, and I think everybody likes that appreciation. But yeah. get paid. Get paid for it, yeah. Because we're trying to work. We're right. trying to make, an, make a living. Right. So I, I think that's really good advice. We'll definitely get those websites on the Show notes. On the show notes. Yeah, the, uh, the other thing is copyright work. I think mean, we're going to talk about that here in a little while. Is a, yes, yes. On copyright work has so much information, listeners, that we are going to do an entirely ep- a separate episode on copyright. That's okay with mm-hmm. you. Yep. 
because you know that way we can try and keep our podcast down to uh, how we run that. Twenty three minutes. Twenty three minutes. Well, that's doing pretty good. I that's think good. we're keeping it at thirty minutes for an interview. You're yeah, doing fantastic. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So just in the photography side, not. Not on the paying side, because we do have a lot of people that do it because they have a passion for it. Yeah. They just want to have good images. Me too. Where can they start? I mean, Christmas just started. I think a great place is the camera club. That's where I got started. Okay, great. Like camera Oklahoma clubs. Camera club, Metro Camera Club, any local camera club, because it's just a bunch of other enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, you get with like-minded people. That's where I started. Did a, I still go to the meetings just because i got friends there. Yeah, I used to go to the Metro a lot. Yeah, I asked yeah. to speak out there one time, and uh, it's yeah. it's a bunch of... It's fun to have some banter with some yeah. of the older guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's it's a really good crowd. God, I wish I had more time. I need to do that for 2014. Yeah, those, those are fun. Yeah, I, 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 I think that's a great place to learn. You can learn, learn a lot online, but it's like flying. I mean, you can read all you want about flying, but you can't learn flying until you actually get up an airplane. Right. The same way with... <laughs> I thought he was going to go with some kind of parachuting type thing. <laughs> yeah. You can read about it, but it's not the same thing as jumping out of a plane. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, same deal with photography. You can read about it, study about it, read online, but until you get out there and start snapping the shutter mm-hmm. and solving problems. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's, yeah. That's, We're you know, all problem solvers. We are problem much. solvers. That's a big part of what we do. Well, awesome. Well, I think this is a great interview. And uh, listeners, we're going to go ahead and touch bases with you. We'll cut this one off, and we'll start up on the uh, uh, on the. How about I have some yes. ending advice? Ending advice. That's a good take, one. I like that one. Take a lot of photos. Yeah. I, I have over 300,000 photos in my archives. Take lots and lots of photos. Take them for yourself. Take them for anybody. Practice, experiment, and then uh, then get paid for your work. Try to make sure you get paid for your work. You know, yeah. Your work's valuable. That's right. And, and as far as the uh, taking lots of photos, you don't have to worry about it because it's digital. Yeah. yeah if you're shooting digital, take, yeah, just, just take, take them. them. And throw them away if you don't want them. Keep the ones you want. And that's right. An experiment, you know. Yes, experiment. absolutely. I think experiment. I think shooting is, and, and it's a lot easier to do with digital. Than it was oh my film. gosh, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know if you remember the days when they opened the one-hour photo lab at oh, the yeah. malls. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, like you know, on the weekends, it was like crowded with professional photographers because we were so excited to be able to go shoot a job in the morning time and go to the mall at lunchtime and drop all the film off and get proofs back. And like, oh my God, look, we got this done in an hour. This is so cool. Or when when Epperson had those uh, do-it-yourself printers. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. I'd go up there at lunch and print off my 8x10s and... You know. Oh, yeah. Things have changed a lot. Things changed a lot. I've done my own most time, but for a long time. Awesome. Well, great. We're going to get these uh, show notes together. And uh, it was really nice for you to come out today and spend some time with us. And we really appreciate it. And... uh, We'll have another interview with uh, Mr. James Pratt uh, talking about copyright. The issue of copyright is very near and dear to his heart, and he wants to make sure that you don't get taken advantage of. So check back with us very soon for that episode. And as far as the iTunes issue, we're still working on that. (laughs) Sorry for not the podcast showing up in iTunes, but... We are working on it. So we, we are in, t- in contact with iTunes, and I don't understand why it's happening. But Yes, I, I really think that something may have happened with the whole uh, uh, I the new iTunes radio. I think that has something to do with it. Uh, maybe. It could be. Uh, but if you're listening, you're obviously getting it either through the Internet or the website, or you've already been subscribed prior, and you're getting the feed. So we appreciate you listening. Um, And that's it. Thanks a lot again, James, for being here. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. 
Photos.